Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Got a lot to get to here today. The Mustangs hosting Senior Day, 2.30 on Saturday in Ford Stadium on ESPN2 against Memphis. We've got a lot to cover on that front. SMU basketball loses a heartbreaker to Louisiana on Tuesday night. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end. But first, I want to share with you guys my thoughts on Tanner Mordecai moving on to the pro ranks, as well as some of the lists of uh, some of the guys on the list for senior day uh, for the Mustangs this weekend. Uh, And what an accomplished group, first of all. I mean, a group that has helped build SMU back up um, into the top 25, into uh, undefeated starts. Not the season they certainly wanted to go out with, not playing for an AAC championship. But as Rhett Lashley talked with us after practice on Wednesday, a group that is ushering in a new era you know, for SMU. Not only Rhett Lashley and his staff, staff taking over, but also that NIL era um, that has really kind of taken shape on this roster. Uh, a lot of kind of leadership having to go on through that coaching change. I mean, so many of these guys that are being honored, well, all of them obviously that are being honored, stuck with the program through the coaching change and opted to play for Rhett Lashley and the staff. So, you know, some of the guys that really stand out, um, Tanner Mordecai announced after practice Tuesday to us. And if you watch the video on our YouTube channel, check it out. Uh, He kind of just gave it a, yeah, kind of going pro. And we kind of had to say, all right, well, are you going pro? Are you, you know, what's your plan here? And, and he just said, look, I had a freaking blast. I mean, that's the direct quote he used. And, you know, I had such a good time you know, building this program back up when he took over, or well, I should say continuing on the success that Sonny Dykes had taking over as uh, Rhett Lashley's quarterback when he took over the program. Um, and now he, he is rightfully going to go try his hand at the pro ranks. You know, Rhett Lashley said today what kind of I'd been saying since the summer, if you go out and have another good season, what more is there left to prove and how much can you change the mind of NFL scouts? He came out and, you know, really kind of battled through some things. He didn't have a run game for much of the season. He had some wide receivers miss time with injury. He, you know, has now kind of been, I think, outside of the Tulane game, really playing well. Um, and, And even the Tulane game, he had a lot of drops. He didn't have you know, as much of a run game as there had been the previous, you know, weeks for him. So Tanner Mordecai goes out, um, at least entering this weekend, three short of the record for SMU career touchdown passes, uh, 22 games he's played in, I believe. I mean, he's got a chance to break it on uh, Saturday and certainly in the bowl game. Uh, but I, I think he's been a terrific quarterback for SMU, grew a lot from last year to this year. Um, displayed his toughness this year. He's not the most vocal guy with us in the media, but certainly was a big piece of the leadership group that took over this team um, with some departures from last year's group and certainly with the new staff coming in. So kudos to Tanner on a great career at SMU. Rasheed Rice, same story, going to participate in Senior Day, as we all knew. He was going to the Senior Bowl, um, and it just feels like yesterday. I mean, I went out to Richland, High, uh, North Richland and, and Richland High School and shot his commitment video. And uh, I remember going back and forth with Rasheed about it and, okay, all right, when do we release it? What's, what's the plan? Um, and we just had fun with it. And um, I'll have to dig that one up now that he's going to be 
uh, announcing on senior or well, not announcing being honored on senior day uh, and just kind of shows how time flies. He got to SMU. He was thrust into a big role as a freshman when Reggie Robertson went down um, and now has ascended to the superstar wide receiver that's going to go uh, in the early rounds of the NFL draft in all likelihood. So uh, Rasheed still got some potential record book uh, writing to do on his end of things. And uh, just what a season he's had. What a career he's had. He's been just such a stand-up dude. Um, always been you know, nice to us in the media. Always been great. Um, obviously got rewarded with a big you know, NIL deal uh, in the offseason. And, uh, and if you want to talk about money spent on NIL, we could do a whole podcast on that. But Rasheed Rice has certainly been worth every penny uh, that he's earned uh, to stick around SMU and uh, probably underpaid when you look back at it in a way. So good for Rasheed Rice. Uh, going to run down some names. Gary Wiley is going to be honored. Calvin Wiggins, uh, kind of been a journeyman wide receiver for SMU, hasn't done much, um, but is going to move on with his uh, life. Um, Nick Roberts and Shannon Reed, those guys had one year left. Austin Upshaw, number 23, Jerry Levias uh, Award, uh, uh Jerry Levias, jersey wearer, I guess, of the season. Huge team leader. I mentioned that in the summer uh, when we got out there to watch the, the workouts. Austin Upshaw did not let any anybody take a, take a rep off. And he, every day after practice, is out there working out, catching extra balls, doing extra, working with the quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, Austin Upshaw, what a journey he's had uh, from being recruited as uh, a quarterback to SMU and to end up, uh, being a wide receiver, and he found a role, and uh, so kudos to him for for you know carving that out and and being one of the team leaders as well. You look at some of the other guys. One that stands out is Tyler Levine, and this one will be interesting. He's getting honored on Senior Day. His body's certainly taken a lot of abuse playing special teams. You know, getting a bigger uh, load in the run game this year, um, and maybe the door is a little open for him to come back. But obviously, he's he's walking on Senior Day. If he's unsure, certainly want to, um, you know, do that and not get a chance to do that if you, you know, don't uh, come back. So uh, he's been an unsung hero for this team, getting the running game going, finding a way to pick up yards. Um, and again, just being a team leader, one of the best guys around, fun to talk to. Um, he's one of those guys that is going to get done playing here at some point. We'll probably go after an NFL career on, on some level, but uh, he's a guy that, you know, hopefully sticks around Dallas uh, and is, yeah, I know he'll be successful in whatever he does, but definitely the type of guy who you'd like to grab a beer with once his playing days are over. Junior Ajo is going to be honored as well. Somebody that I believe has another year remaining, but looks like he's going to move on and, and either, you know, go elsewhere or try his hand at the pro ranks. Uh, Isaac Slade Matatia going to come in uh, and, and walk on senior eight, not the career uh, finish he wanted when he decided to come back and, and play for uh, Rhett Lashley. He's had a good season. He's been a starting linebacker. Scott Simons has sung praise, but he's certainly been kind of inconsistent on that level. So uh, he moves on, though. Always a good dude um, to cover. Two injured guys they're going to honor, Ben Redding and Terrence Newman, uh, out for the season. Um, and, and you know, they'll kind of look to recovering, recover and then and uh, take, you know, uh, their shot at their pro days uh, if they can get ready for those. Jalen Thomas has played pretty much every position on the offensive line. He's going to walk on senior day. Um, obviously, he came back for one more year to put some some tape down for the scouts, and I think he's somebody that his stock probably is a little bit better. He showed some along the interior. He played some tackle, played some center, 
uh, just has done it all. So I think he's accomplished a lot of what he wanted to come back, obviously outside of winning that conference championship. Jimmy Phillips, we spoke with Jimmy after practice on Wednesday, and uh, Jimmy's a guy I remember uh, as a recruit, uh, Mesquite Poteet. He was about 185 pounds coming into SMU. He was probably 180, maybe, uh, as a recruit um, and has just you know eaten it up in the weight room. He's obviously gotten older. That helps putting on weight. But, I mean, he has gone from being moved around to a rush from a rush end spot to an outside backer to playing really more of an inside role for SMU uh, the last two seasons. So, I think he's somebody that's going to get a shot to play in the league, and he's got the body to, to play a long time, I think, with his length too, especially on special teams. So Jimmy Phillips will walk. Good local story there for you. And that's kind of it as far as who I really wanted to you know, highlight uh, for you guys. A few walk-ons that will get their uh, you know, chances to walk and all of that. Um, this group uh, of seniors, obviously you wanted them to go out probably a better way than, than just you know, playing for – uh, potentially a seven and five regular season. They had higher aspirations than that, but a lot of just things happened over the last year, um, and and has kind of led to this. You know, the uncertainty with the coaching change. You know, getting Rhett Lashley in here, he had to kind of really um, just stop the stop the dams from from bursting on players leaving. This group stuck around and and you know stayed through it. Um, you know, there would have been, you know, an Alana Lee in this group, uh, who knows, maybe, uh, Ulysses Bentley, uh, getting honored if he, uh, would have stayed and ended up getting a big role, uh, for SMU, but this group that stuck around for this team, uh, I think it, it says a lot about what they wanted to do and how much they, they care about SMU quite honestly. So, uh, they'll get honored pregame. Uh, they've won a bunch of games for SMU. So, um, hopefully I know it's Thanksgiving and all that, but they get a nice ovation, uh, pregame uh for this one now on to the matchup smu memphis a few things to watch here early on obviously terrence newman is out for the rest of the season with that nasty uh you know collision he had along the sideline after a few missed tackles against tulane stefan wright wasn't at practice both days that i was out there so i would assume he's and rhett lashley said he's basically doubtful uh to play on saturday so it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with him beyond uh the rest of this season um, if, you know, maybe he needs a fresh start or something and obviously his body's beat up too, but, um, he's probably going to be out is what it seems like one note, Dylan Frazier, the freshman, uh, from McKinney is, was in a white Jersey today, which means he is with the guys that are going to be in the rotation most likely, or have a shot to play on Saturday. For me, I think Dylan Frazier, one of the most physically ready, at least out of the freshmen to have had an opportunity to play this year. He didn't get on the field. He hasn't really played, but I, I think he's got a bright future still. Um, so who knows? Maybe you get to see a little Dylan Frazier and he can make some things happen. I think this coaching staff and and from talking with Scott Simons on Tuesday is going to be in a position where they're going to kind of let it fly. Um, offensively, Tanner Mordecai and Rasheed Rice were very confident uh, in talking with the media this week as, as far as their chances for putting some points up on the board and ending with some fireworks. But defensively, Ahmad Moses is going to have a bigger role from what we were told. And if guys like Dylan Frazier get on the field, David Abiara, make things happen. You know, try to try to earn yourself some momentum going into the bowl uh, season and the bowl practices. And then maybe you find yourself in a bigger role uh, in that respect, too. So I don't know what Scott Simons and the defensive staff is going to cook up 
to slow down Seth Hennigan and the Memphis offense. They're not necessarily the usual Memphis, um, you know, dominant offensive force. They, they certainly have the talent, as we all know, to put points on the board and get things going. Uh, you look at their group, you know, Seth Hennigan uh, is one of the leading rushers right there with Javon Ducker and Brandon Thomas and Asa Martin. Uh, they kind of have that rotation going. Memphis is coming off a game where they just took it to North Alabama. Wasn't really close. Um, non-competitive game. They, that got them to bowl eligibility. The week before, uh, they beat Tulsa to end a four-game losing streak. And if you look at that four-game losing streak, they lost to Houston 33-32. Uh, they lost to East Carolina 47-45 in four overtimes. They lost to Tulane 38-28. And they lost to UCF. 35 28 so they've played some teams tough they've also lost to some teams that you're probably sitting there being like why are they messing around losing to east carolina um and, and they played uh temple uh, and, and shut them down uh 24 to 3 uh before that skid common opponent here in the non-conference north texas 44 34 win uh earlier this season that was a long time ago um but just worth noting uh you know the way smu took it to uh north texas pretty much start to finish I sit here and look at this matchup, and Seth Hennigan is is probably not had the season he thought he was going to have. I mean, last year, very efficient in the win against SMU, um, and, and one that SMU really slept walk through. Didn't really get off the bus to start. Made it a game. Too much to overcome, though, uh, for SMU with that game last year. Um, you look at what Memphis has the potential to do, and they certainly uh, haven't done that this season. So, you know, this is a game where both teams are faced with the question, how bad do you want it? They've got some talent out there running around on both sides. They have already achieved bowl eligibility, but they also have nothing to play for in terms of the conference race. This comes down to who wants it more. And Jimmy Phillips talked a lot about that um, after practice on, on Wednesday. And Scott Simons talked about it after Tuesday's practice and said, this whole season, I'm going to remember it by how we respond uh, on Saturday. And it makes a lot of sense. You can judge the whole season and say, all right, SMU had some ups, SMU had some downs. Um, they didn't achieve what they wanted to. They uh, messed around and lost games they shouldn't have. When you look at Maryland, you look at, um, you know, blown opportunities to, to beat a TCU team by coming out flat or, uh, you know, not getting that comeback done against Cincinnati. Rolling over against Tulane uh, is inexcusable and not really a factor in this discussion, but then they've beaten teams they should have. The whole conversation around this team entering the season was how well can you finish the regular season? If you finish two and two in November, it's kind of a dud. That's two straight losses. Um, they, they lost to teams that were bowl eligible. So again, kind of the, you know, when you play a talented team, you're not, not getting it done. But Scott Simon said the way he's going to look at this season is how they respond on on Saturday, and I I, I think there's you know credence to to that point. If SMU loses two straight, it is a complete dud of a season, bowl eligible or not, and that's just the way it is with the expectations placed on this team. It's one thing to not go out and be able to make an AAC title game appearance. Cincinnati's very good, UCS very good, Tulane showed they are very good not being able to do some of your smaller goals and accomplish those, that would really take a hit to how this season's going to be viewed. 
you win against Memphis, you finish three and one in November, you kind of have some momentum. Then you can go into the bowl and see if you can, you know, grab a bowl win wherever you go, wherever you end up. Uh, and again, that comes down to who wants it more. It would be really big for SMU to build some momentum. And, and talking with the players this week, it seemed like Jimmy, Jimmy Phillips' main point was Thursday was unacceptable. Let's clear it from our minds and let's just go out and be on the same page and give the best effort we have all season. So I am very interested to see how this defense responds. There are probably going to be some moving pieces like an Ahmad Moses potentially getting more time. Obviously, Terrence Newman's out. Who gets some more snaps because of that? This defense's response will, will say a lot. And there's going to be, and this is a whole nother podcast, but there's going to be changes coming to this roster. Transfer portal window. We talked about that with Rhett Lashley coming up, uh, you know, December 5th, 4th is 5th is when it opens. That's another discussion about the changes to come. But the guys who have eyes set on coming back to this roster and going forward with their career at SMU, their response on Saturday is going to say a lot about where they're at mentally. And, you know, in, in Sonny Dykes' first year, they went up to Tulsa and just laid an egg. You know, that was, that was when Reggie Robertson went into the coach's locker room after the game. And, and just cried. He was benched. He was he was just not there mentally and not mature enough to handle it. You know, not mature enough to handle the, the benching, but he realized what kind of led to all that. And that was when the flip switched for Reggie Robertson. And he became who he became. You know, injuries certainly hurt his career. But I don't think you want to see that type of a dud from SMU. This is too veteran of a team. There are new faces, but it is game 12. And it and the program is in a completely different spot from when Sonny Dykes took it over and had to do a total rebuild. This is a program that has the talent to be bowl eligible and is, but they should have the wherewithal to come out, play with their hair on fire. It's 2.30. It's not late you know, at night. They're not playing at 7 o'clock and when it's really cold. They're not playing at 11 a.m. when they're still rubbing you know, eye boogies out. This is a 2.30 ESPN2 game against a team that has taken it to you more often than not, and more often than not in Dallas, too. So I, I think, especially judging by what Tanner and Rasheed and Jimmy said, I mean, you got to expect a better effort start to finish from SMU this week. If they lose, obviously that's you know still kind of unacceptable. But if they can come out and piece together a really strong effort and play clean, one, they should win against a Memphis team that has been up and down in its own right this year. But if they can't piece together great effort, it's going to be really disappointing and really sour. A lot of people going into the offseason. Obviously, there will be a lot to discuss on that front. We'll save that for another podcast. Um, but the Mustangs are, are going to have to play clean. Memphis is one of the best pass defenses in the country. Uh, they're one of the best at you know uh, grabbing interceptions. They might even lead the country in interceptions. Uh, they will be op opportunistic if SMU plays the way it did carelessly with the football against Tulane. Um, on on offense, I don't know how much different you need to play. There are some tweaks. Tyler Levine, give him the ball to start. Kamar Wheaton is banged up. He's questionable for Saturday. Lead off with Levine, heavy dose, stick with the run like you have in some of these wins as of late. And go from there and allow Tanner Mordecai, Rasheed Rice, Jordan Curley, all those guys to cook. 
You know, RJ Maryland's coming off a two touchdown performance. This is a game where, again, we kind of got, we talked about it going into Tulane. Don't overthink it. And starting Kamar Wheaton, and Kamar had played really well as of late, so I get it, but they kind of overthought it. Kamar Wheaton goes out there. You know, SMU ends up going, I think, four and out on that first drive. Uh, they ran Kamar three straight times after that Dylan Goffney catch. They don't pick up the first down. Ty Levine gets in there the next series, I think, and catches a check down pass. Doesn't get a carry until probably well into the first quarter. He started picking up some yards, starting wearing wearing them down. I'm not even as much in the camp as, you know, Ty Levine has to get the first carry and he has to carry the football. If Kamar Wheaton can go and he can do that, fine. But get him and get Tyler Levine involved early and show that commitment to the ground game because the offensive line is really fed off that when it's been going well. So don't overthink this game plan. SMU has the talent to certainly move the ball and put up points on Memphis. I mean, you know, East Carolina played them tough. Uh, there have been games where Memphis's defense has been exposed at times. SMU has the firepower to win this game. And if they're clicking and they're playing clean, that's going to go a long way. Defensively, Quindell Johnson leads the team in tackles. Uh, he is just terrific back there. Um, or sorry, Quindell Johnson leaves, leads the secondary in tackles with 69 tackles. Uh, he also has four interceptions on the season. Linebacker Xavier Collins leads the team in tackles with 92, uh, has three interceptions on the year. Tyler, Tyler Murray is third on the team in tackles with 55, two interceptions as well. This is a team that has taken advantage of chances to intercept the football. Seth Hennigan kind of ta taking a step back statistically, but he is very efficient. We saw that last year when SMU played at Memphis uh, when he led them to that win. He's completing 64% of his passes, which is terrific. Um, and he's uh, got an 18 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio. Not great after a 25 to 8 uh, touchdown to interception ratio last season. Um, where he threw for 3,200 yards. He's kind of on pace to match that total yardage um, in all likelihood with this next game. He sits at uh, 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 2,988 yards passing going into this one. Um, obviously, SMU doesn't want to give up over 300 yards passing, but Seth Hennigan has the potential to do that anytime he steps on the field. He showed that against SMU last year. He's thrown for 400 yards two times this season already. So he's a guy that's from Denton right up the road. It's, uh, it's, he's going to have 14 family members in attendance. He's going to be jacked up to play. And he you know, said it this week. At SMU is a team that they've you know, been able to handle. They see them as the next opponent. And they've got to finish it out the right way. Because that this season isn't the season that Memphis wanted to have either. So they've got to put it together themselves. Both defenses, something has to give here um, or else we could be in for a, a shootout like we saw between SMU and Houston uh, going into this one. So uh, Memphis has the athletes. We know that. They've made game-breaking special teams plays against SMU at times as well. So special teams is going to be a factor. It's going to be chilly in Dallas on Saturday. Mustangs really got to come out hot, though, and start fast. Um, something that they obviously didn't do against Tulane, um, but they had done in those wins uh, that they had racked up. So. I'm expecting a, a good battle. I think this one will be probably fairly close, and there'll be moments that you're going to want to pull your hair out because that's what Memphis does to SMU. I am going to pick SMU uh, to bounce back. I, I don't really uh, feel that great about it, but I 
I liked so much what I heard from Tanner Mordecai, Rasheed Rice, and Jimmy Phillips this week. And if that truly is the mindset of the whole team, then I, I can see them carrying the day. Um, this is such a pivotal game for SMU in, in so many ways to set the momentum and set the tone for the offseason. I think SMU can still be successful in the transfer portal and do, do some of the things they need to do to retool this roster. But just in terms of the atmosphere around the program, finishing three and one is so critical. Sending out these seniors the right way. I know any team can kind of say that going into a senior day, but I think SMU's kind of been kicked in the teeth at times this year. Um, and, and this is a critical, critical game for them. And I like what SMU has pieced together this season um, when they're they're when they're kind of backed up against the wall. The way they responded to get back into the game with TCU, the way they responded to get back in into the game against Cincinnati. Um, kind of same thing against USF, a, a bad team, but they bounce back. The only time they haven't done that, Thursday in New Orleans, quite honestly. You know, UCF just kind of took it to them and uh, did that in the second half, but SMU kind of wasn't in that backs against the wall situation. They were leading at halftime. I think they've done a good enough job for me to say, look, I'm, I'm going to trust this team uh, to finish this off right. Um, so I'm going to pick SMU in this one. I'm going to pick them 42 38 over Memphis. Um, I think this is just a team that, you know, if there's anything else that they can control, it's how they're viewed in terms of, wow, those guys can finish. Those guys can not finish. That's going to be uh, what the, what's left to control. And I think they want so badly to be viewed as a team that, you know, finally finished the season the right way. So, uh, I'm going to pick SMU 42-38 over Memphis in this one, and we'll see how it goes. 2.30 kick should be fun. Senior day for the Mustangs. What wasn't fun last night, the way SMU kind of uh, completely lost an opportunity to get a good win in Moody Coliseum. They lost last night to, um, to Louisiana uh, on um, Tuesday night in Moody Coliseum. 76-72. The Mustangs were abysmal from the free throw line. Uh, I think eight of 17, uh, including one of four down the stretch um, for, um, uh, for the group with the lat in the final 136 to go in the game. Um, they were able to battle back and force overtime. They even had a chance to win the game in the final seconds. They kind of bobbled that away. Um, neither team was able to kind of take advantage of uh, the situation, whether it was SMU getting the ball back with a few seconds to go or um, UL getting a shot at the buzzer, they kind of fumbled that away. Uh, but you look at what uh, SMU did last night. I thought their effort was better. I still think they lack an offensive identity. At times, you can see them shooting the ball well from beyond the arc. They went 43%. At times, you can see them doing well in the paint. FAODG had 18 points and 11 boards. Zurich Phelps had 23 points, I believe. But you still have those times where it is just out of control and they aren't able to get it done. I mean, they even had a, a three-point lead in overtime about halfway through, and then UL scored the final seven points of the game to win it. So this is this is a team that I think is just going to be a complete work in progress. And I credit Rob, Rob Lanier for one thing uh, last night, especially – I liked how he cut down a lot of people's minutes in the second half. I think he realized what his best 
group was, even though SMU, SMU, when their rotation was a little bit more consistent, they were able to, you know, build a bigger lead against UL, but UL battled back. And they must have identified some areas where they felt like they were getting more out of guys that were that ended up getting the major minutes. Um, because you you saw a group of about five players, and I wrote this in our in our recap article at OnThePonyExpress.com. It was a group of about five players that played a combined eight minutes in the second half. So he figured it out. He whittled it down. They just didn't make shots. You know, FAODG had a few bunnies. He got blocked off an offensive rebound, off a free throw miss in the final minute. Uh, they just let opportunities slip away at execute at, with simple execution. Um, and I think that's where it's going to be a work in progress, whether it be a miscue on, a, on an offensive turnover when guys – you know, one guy cuts one way and the other player is expecting him to go the other. We saw that last night with FAODG and and I believe Jalen Smith. I could be wrong on that. Um, and, and you're seeing this team really talk it out and talk it out demonstratively. And I think one thing Rob Lanier is preaching these guys, he said after the game, is they have to develop a culture of accountability. But I think they're trying to get to the point where it's okay to call people out. And do it in a way that's constructive because you're seeing a lot of the players lead um, some of the discussions that they have on the on the timeout side of things. You'll see they worked on some out of bounds things and they'll have situational things, but you're you're seeing a lot of back and forth with the coaches and the players talking things out. So I kind of like that. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a sign that this team's going to turn around and be a world beater in conference play. They're just I don't I think they're too limited right now, but. Um, signs of life from them against UL. That's a team that has a veteran group. Bob Marlin's been there forever. He's got his guys in the program and they were undefeated going into Moody Coliseum. It's just going to be a work in progress. And that's the only way to put it. There are some things that are inexcusable. Some of the turnovers, some of the free throw misses. Um, well, all of the free throw misses um, are, are really inexcusable in a way. And just some of the just moments of wild offensive uh, control that was just completely lost. So, uh, they've got some things to clean up over the course of the week. They'll probably take Thanksgiving off, but they do play Sunday in Moody Coliseum, 2 o'clock. Uh, they'll be back in there against Lamar, so check that one out as well. But with that, guys, want to wish you guys all a happy Thanksgiving. I am thankful for you guys listening to the podcast. Thankful for, thankful for you guys who subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Uh, it's been a heck of a year on that front. We're, it's crazy to think we're about two months away uh, or so a month and a half from the uh, one-year anniversary of starting on theponyexpress.com. So please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you don't already, subscribe to ontheponyexpress.com. We will have a ton of info to share once that transfer portal ends or uh, once that transfer portal window opens early in December. So don't miss out. Be on the site. A uh, lot of people have subscribed uh, for how the Mustangs will finish in recruiting. And that'll also involve the transfer portal. We dropped a ton of tidbits on the site this week. So be sure to check that out. Uh, we'll have tons more to share with you guys as Rhett Lashley and his staff get into the transfer portal world of things. Um, and also, of course, SMU basketball, uh, their season will continue on. So with that, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the SMU Memphis game. We will catch you guys next week uh, to recap that game and kind of look ahead to what's next for the Mustangs, win or lose. 2.30 p.m. Central on ESPN2 against Memphis. Senior day for the Mustangs. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening.